Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Wow. Just, um, there is excitement in this place. I don't know. You guys are fired up about the new year. And I, it could be an overflow from our incredible New Year's Eve service we had. Um, just um, contending for that word that really begins with Pastor Rick about what to expect. And um, you have come with expectation. And um, Pastor Paul kind of gave us an insight, and Pastor Rick announced it, that this year, what one of our focus is, and this is a time, here we are, our first gathering, January 2nd, and you kind of, what is it that the Lord's going to speak to us? What is it God wants to do in our church? And um, we are believing that God wants to move, you know, he wants to pour out his spirit upon his church. I mean, this is a year in which we're going to encounter I believe the Holy Spirit like we've never counted before. God wants to move us from glory to glory. And I can see your expectation. I sense it in your worship. And um, I'm, I'm ready to share with you today and because um, we're going to be diving into the word. I know for many of you, this is where you get to dive into the word. Uh, many of you, you should. And I, every year, you pick your reading plan, you know, what you're going to do for the year. You know, God says, I have hidden God's word in my heart so that I can be what? Successful. And if you're going to have a great, great 2022, it's going to be because the word of God indwells with you richly. That we're going to grow in the word. And so every year I kind of, um, I've done everything, you know, where you have the one-year Bible where it will take you throughout the whole year. You know, right from Genesis to Revelation, it'll give you your Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm and a Proverb. Some years I'll do just that. I'll go through the Psalms or the Proverbs, you know, one of those throughout the years. Or I might just pick a devotional. Um, there's been a year where I've picked one book. I'll never forget the Gospel of Luke. I think I did that one back to back. Where every, part of my daily reading plans, right? Just going through, it was, um, no, it was Luke. Went through Luke. For a, for a couple of years. And so, but my prayer for you is as you're contending and believing to follow along, getting into God's word. And if you haven't picked a book, if you're new to getting into God's word today, we're going to be in the book of John. We're going to be in the book of John. Any favorite, you got some, who, who loves the book of John? I got some favorites. That's right. For many of you, when you first came to the Lord, that's where you first went. That's where we get to discover who Jesus is. And we're going to be talking about um, and hearing about Jesus' miracles and um, what God has done and, and meaning that it is the, the, the Holy Spirit and, and God's doing a good work. And I want to say thank you for praying. I can't wait to hear as Pastor continues to give us direction. Um, I got text from him this morning. He's doing well. Um, our pastoral staff, we want to continue to be praying um, from all of those who've been sick. I know it's a challenging time for all of us as we're um, believing for God to continue to heal but we know that who the healer is. We know where that power comes from. And this morning, we're going to share about that power, the power of the anointing. You know, the Bible says to anoint the sick with oil, and a prayer of faith can heal the sick. And so we're going to be um, looking at a chance where Jesus brings healing. He anointed, but he uses a substance that wasn't oil. Um, we're going to, let, let's go ahead and pray and dive in. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the healing touch. Lord, right now we do pray with me that we pray for continued healing over all of those who are sick. Lord, I think of our pastors. God, I think of our loved ones. Lord, I think that you want to bring healing to our land. And your word says that if we come, Lord, if we humble ourselves, God, if we pray, that you will, Lord, heal our land. Lord, you will bring healing. So we speak healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, for those who are sick, Lord, 
emotional, God, I pray, God, you would do a mighty work in 2022. Amen? Amen. Okay, well, we're going to start off in the book of John, and we're going to be in, um, in chapter 9, chapter 9 in the book of John. And we're seeing in this story where Jesus is out and about. He's um, doing many incredible signs and wonders. He's his, his one of his highlights of his ministry. And he's passing by, and he's, he's, he's on his journey. He comes upon a man, it says in verse 1, who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him this question. It said, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? You see, there was an understanding that if someone, if there was a severe sickness, especially a blindness, it's because there was sin in their lives. Or perhaps it was because of, like he said, was it their parents? Was there a, a curse upon his life? And that was an understanding. That was a teaching they had. And so Jesus brings clarification. He answers them. He says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. He says, I must, and some translation would say, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. And then he gives clarification. It's always good to use the Bible to interpret the Bible. What does he mean by that, you know, I must work because it is day? And he says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the light of the world. And then he goes on to continue on, and he says, when he said these things, and this is where it gets kind of weird. <laughs> this is where it gets kind of weird, a little off. He spits on the ground and on the ground and made clay with his saliva. And so if you don't have any, I have my anointing oil with me today. So if you don't have any anointing oil, maybe this is a plan B, I don't know. But he comes in here and he says, and he anointed the eyes of the blind with clay. So he makes this mud. Talking about Jesus being offensive, you know. Jesus does sometimes offend. I mean, anybody be offended if you come for me in prayer? I just go, come here. Let me pray for you, right? But this is, this, is, this, is, this is not making this up. This is in the Bible, okay? And he says, and he goes and he anoints the eyes of the blind man with clay. And then he says to him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam. By the way, that word is made sent. So he went. And washed, and he came back seeing. Hallelujah. Absolutely. It's, yeah, we can definitely give him praise. And what you have here is basically a couple of things. I mean, you kind of have a way, a trip back to the book of Genesis, talking about going from Genesis to Revelation. We see God using the very, very same thing, how he formed us. The, the Bible says he, in Genesis that he formed us from the dust of the earth. And he created and here we have maybe Jesus kind of giving a lesson and God is continuing to create. He's continuing to make things new. So out of that same dust of the ground, he then not only in Genesis does he create man, but now he creates a new thing, new life in seeing. But you continue to see here, he, but notice this, that first of all, Jesus takes the initiative. He sees that need. He's the pursuer of us. God has always been the pursuer of us. And he's pursuing you right now. Maybe you're online or wherever you, you're tuning in. God is, God is the initiator. He pursues him. He sees the need. 
And then he does the unexpected, is that he sees, he sees this miracle, he comes to the blind man, but even though he comes to the blind man, he anoints his eyes with the mud. Even though the blind man didn't pursue Jesus, Jesus expects a reaction out of him. Notice it wasn't, the, the, the mud is not what brought healing to him. And here we are gearing up for the year 2022. There had to been a response from the blind man. He's here, I've brought you the anointing, I've anointed your eyes. Now you go wash in the pool of Siloam. You go and wash your eyes. Now remember, if I was to spit on your eyes and I was to take some mud and throw it on your face, you might be out of that door very, very quickly. You might not want to hear the next things that I want to say. I would think most people would be offended at what Jesus did. It would be maybe even unclean. It wouldn't be sanitary. It would be offensive. What if this man had encountered Jesus and he was so offended by what he said, he couldn't hear from him? You know, we've been talking about how the gospel so much is polarizing. And it's true today, for many people, the words of Jesus, the Bible itself, it's offensive. The claims that Jesus said are offensive. There's a division, there's quarreling, friendships are lost, families are divided. People don't gather and where you stand when it comes to the words that Jesus speaks. What if this man was so offended and so bitter that he refused to respond to the invitation to go and wash? He refused what he thought would be healing to the land. You see, today, the words of Jesus, you see, there's power in the name of Jesus. It's not in the mud. It's in the, it's right. The work is done in what Jesus did on the cross. That's where the power is. The power is, is in believing. The power is in, in who he is. And for some people, you could not only receive healing, but when you follow Jesus, you can also receive persecution. You can also receive almost the opposite. Had this man been offended, he would not have received his healing. But though he was anointed, he had not been healed yet. And my point to you is, listen, there is a healing, there is a life, there is an anointing waiting for you, but you need to be responding in it and walking in it. Every single person in this room, if you're walking on lines, God has a call on your life. There's gifts he's giving you. There's a life that he has for you. Now you can, be, you can run from it, and some of us have, or you can respond to it with that same faith-filled reaction that the blind man had. And so really we pray, God, wash us, right? Wash us, make us clean, help give us eyes to see. Because it is true, the calling, the gifts of God are irrevocable. But in order for you to walk in that alignment, what did he have to do? He had to come in alignment with what Jesus said. He had to go and wash. 
And so really that power of the night comes to being aligning of God's word and what he says to be true. You know, Pastor Paul kind of gave us a jump start. He talked about New Year's Eve that this year we're going to be walking under the anointing, under the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be walking in the Spirit. You know, there's a, a friend of ours, um, and he has an investment club. You guys may know my background. I have a, a, a degree from Cal State University Fullerton. I am a Titan. Any Titans in the house? Any Titans? Not two, okay, a couple. Woo, a couple. A little more. All right, Titans. Go Titans. And, um, and so I have a degree in finance, in, in financial planning, and so um, investments. That's kind of like what I was raised in, and he has this, this investment club. And, and I, you know, we're talking with him, and he says he wants to pass down what he has learned. And he's done very, very well for himself. Not only does he do well for himself financially, he's done very, very well for himself physically. I, I, I look at him, he's, you know, he's like, how old are you? He told me, I go, wow, man, you're in good shape. I go, man, he goes, yeah, he goes, I've done well. He goes, you have done well. What's your secret? How did you get to this place in your life? And this was his response. I walked the line. I walked the line. I'm not, and I kind of was laughing because I'm wearing black today, and, and many of you I know are going to that Johnny Cash song, and my dad was actually a big Johnny Cash guy, and, I, and all this is coming to me this morning because actually, by the way, today is my birthday, so talking about a, a big day today to be sharing God's word, and I'm excited about that because, especially for all of you who had birthdays this week, for many of us, because I see me, it's my birthday too, it's Noah's birthday today, Noah Kavner's birthday today, and many of us, if you have a birthday around a holiday, you know, they, you kind of get, you don't even know it's your birthday, right? You kind of get through the holidays and you come back to work, to school. So this is all new to me, you know, being around people because usually we're on break and I come back to school and I'm a year older. And so, um, but when I think about that, that song, I Walked the Line and who Johnny Cash was, you know, maybe his life wasn't the best, but you know what? He finished well. In fact, toward the end of his life, he made some changes, didn't he? In fact, he used whatever time left and he told them, but everything else was futile. And what a great opportunity for us to be reminded of what is true, what is important. I'm not telling you to all start wearing black and things like that. That's not my, my point. But my friend, he says, I walk the line. He says, I make sacrifices. You know, I did the, the, those things that got me to this place. And when it comes to walking in that anointing, when it comes to understanding, you know, our disciplines that we have going into this new year. Walking the line in our anointing, walking in the line of understanding what it means to stay and abiding in that power of the Holy Spirit that's available to all of us. And I think of that anointing, I think of that power, I think of people like Joshua and Caleb. And I want to go there, and if you have your Bibles, go there and go to Numbers chapter 14. And if you're probably familiar with the story, that they, they were, God told them there's a promise, there's a land for him. And he told these spies to go spy out the land. If you guys know the report, the spies came back. They said, yes, there's, it's a beautiful land. There's a beautiful thing waiting for us. But guess what? There's giants in the land. It's unfortunate. It's flowing with milk and honey. But it's occupied. There's no way that God can give us that land. The odds were overwhelming. But there was Joshua and Caleb. They aligned themselves with the power of God's word. They said, we don't listen to the wisdom of man. We believe what God's promised us. 
And the Lord said to Moses, you know, because he told them that this is the word I have for them. And some were maybe offended that they had got into this wilderness and they've gone nowhere, that God had abandoned them, that his word wasn't true. But Moses, he says to Moses, and he says, how long will these people reject me? Because some people received the word and many rejected it. How long will they not believe? With all the signs which I have performed among them. But you know who did believe? Joshua and Caleb. They walked the line. They, 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 they stayed true. And this is, our, this is the line, right? They stayed true to what God has said. And because of that, there was consequences. You read it in verse 23 and 24. It says, surely they will not see the land which I swore to their fathers. Because they rejected it. He goes, but my servant Caleb... Here it is. He has a different spirit. He has followed me. He goes, and I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. There was a line to be drawn, a line to be walked, and they walked that line. Not just for a year. They believed in God's promises. What are you believing for? What have you been leading for? Pastor, here's another year again. Same old, same old, not same old, same old. Not for Caleb. Because if you guys know the story, he walked that line, believing that promise for over 45 plus years. And after 45 plus years, he's 85 years old. Let's hear it for all of our 85-year-old people, right? Come on, let's hear it for them, right? We got, let's hear it for the old timers, right? And here he is walking in that anointing and he believed God's word and after 45 years, he says, listen, I'm just as powerful, I'm just as young in vigor, I'm just ready as I was then, now to walk into that promise and that destiny God has for me. They believed it. And church, if we're gonna walk in that anointing, we're gonna walk in that power we have to come to the conclusion to have the faith to believe in God's word. To have the faith to believe in God's word. We read about that when Caleb walked that line when he wandered in Joshua chapter 14. When he said these words, he goes, I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. He goes, just as my strength was then, it is now strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. He goes, now therefore give me this mountain which the Lord spoke in that day. For you have heard that day how Anakim were there and the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out just as the Lord said. Just as the Lord said. Man, that's how we're going to, I want to have that kind of aura about me going into the year because there's going to be all kinds of giants in our land. There's all kinds of naysayers. We hear so much of the opposite. I don't know if you, I, I kind of, I, I read this recently about this, um, I don't know if you guys know about that Marine. He had the record for the longest plank, right? Well, someone broke his record but he was no longer a young, fit Marine like he was. He was 62 years old. 
He didn't like it that someone broke his record. So guess what he did? At 62 years old, he starts training again. And he broke the record again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You see, there is nothing, there's nothing impossible with our God. Especially when you knew, you knew. You see, faith is a choice. And but the people of Israel, when they were denying God, they were denying his power. They were denying his glory. And yet, you see, Caleb had that different spirit. And I believe that God wants us to choose today to believe. He wants us to choose to sacrifice something. God was with Joseph, and they wanted it. But if you want to have that kind of assignment, you have to recognize, and Caleb understood this. He says, listen, when you're, we have to recognize that we're not going into 2022 alone. We're not going into half-heartedly. God is sending us into this year with an authority and with a mission. Amen? When we're walking in that power, we have to recognize that it is God who's sending you. It's not an accident that you're living right now in this moment, hearing this word. You know, he had, Jesus sent him to the pool of Siloam. And if you look at this pool, the water, it came through this tunnel. It was a spring that came through the t- this tunnel. And for many years, they thought this pool never existed. And it was one of those proofs of, where's this pool of Siloam? It's just a fairy tale. Well, as archaeology digs, they unearth right there. And what do they find? They find the pool of Siloam. It says, this is the pool of Siloam. And they're finding more and more confirmations of how this, this, this existed. And what it did, it, the water, the stream would come through, right through the stream and fill there in the city. Because many times the walls would be up, so they would get fresh water. And that's why that word Siloam means being sent, that there's fresh water being sent through the city. That's where God, its name, that God is sending. And when you see someone who is anointed, there's a purpose for it. And when you hear this word of being sent, especially going, you're saying, man, let's go. Let's see God do great things. But you have to be careful because you can go under your own strength and go it alone or you can go being sent by the Father under the anointing and under the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you can have all, and I'm, I'm one of those vigor guys. I'm more like, let's take the mountain, let's fight. You know, I like watching the movies. And I can do a lot of things. But I'm not that, that great alone. In fact, I'm nothing. In fact, there are certain things that do for that anointing, for that power, that there are certain things God wants to do in your life that only God can do. And some of you, I know you, you're pretty gifted. You're pretty talented. You know, the disciples, they had that extra kind of, um, kind of passion to serve the Lord, and they wanted to see God do great things through them. If you recall, they were out there, they seen Jesus do these miracles, and they got the call, and they said, okay, we're going to go do what Jesus did, and they didn't have quite the same results. 
You know, they, they, they had New Year's resolutions. They didn't pan out too well. And when they went to Jesus and they said, what's wrong? How come we can't perform the same miracles and signs that you do? How come we can't do it? And he says, let me tell you, Jesus says this to them. What is for you to, to do that kind of anointing, that kind of power, and this is the kind of power I want for us for 20, if you want to walk in that kind of spirit, something is required of you. Because that requires this. Prayer and what? Fasting. He goes, in Mark chapter 9, he says, this kind cannot come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. Do you know that the Bible teaches about prayer and fasting? It's actually something that was expected of all believers. And not just to do it because the pastor comes up at the beginning of the year because we're going to do that. We're going to a, you know, you fast. They did it often. It was often. It was an often practice. And it's not a plan. Fasting, it was... It was, it really is kind of, Jesus gives us the secret. It's a way to walk the line, to make sure that you're saying, you're denying your flesh. And when the New Testament church was worshiping the Lord and fasting, boy, you can read about it from page after page. You can experience it in your own life. God sends them in power. When the elders were ordained and, and they were told to, they would anoint them with oil, but they would go and they would fast and they would pray and they committed themselves to the Lord. You see, when you deny yourself, what you're doing is you're saying, you know what, God? It's not about me. It's about you. You know, so many of us, when it comes to the power of God, we think that you know, I want to make the, the greatest social media post I can ever find. The greatest production. That this is a new way of reaching a new people. No. There's only one way in which God says there's power. And there's a biblical way. And there's a roots. And let me tell you something. I don't believe the church, God's going to move with power until we come back to what God has called us to do. Is to be, to deny our flesh. To commit ourselves to prayer and to fasting. In the ministry of his word. That's the God-ordered way. Every great, powerful move of God has come from a people who have set themselves up to pray, to fast. You can go back to Charles Finney. You can go back to Jonathan Edwards, John Knox. Go back to Moses' life, Nehemiah's life, Esther's life, and David's life. Review your own life. How much time is it spent in solitude, in prayer, in fasting? Ezra, he fasted when the Jews, in his travels. Esther, they, they fasted for her protection. David fasted, seek the heart of God when it comes to a sick child. You know the story of Jonah. The whole city fasted when he preached to the Gentiles. The apostles, they wanted to see God. What did they do? They committed themselves to prayer and fasting before they would make any kind of decision. You read all about it in Acts chapter 13 and Acts chapter 14. Why? Because they needed strength. They needed strength. 
you know, um, every year, it's a part of my practice over the last few years, is, and we're going to be starting with our whole denomination on January the 10th. It's a 20-day fast. One of the most popular fasts is, you've probably heard of the Daniel fast. And what you're doing is you're refraining from the pleasures of this world, which are nice breads and sugars, the things that are really yummy. And you're doing what Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they, they, they wouldn't re- keep any hunger for the things of the king's delicacies. And all fasting really, really means is, listen, is that you know what I want more than anything? Not the pleasures of this world. It's hungering after God. And when you get those hunger pains, it's not just about, it's a reminder to saying, Lord, I want you. I want your power. I want your anointing. I need your wisdom. It brings you into direct alignment. But what troubles me is this, is I have experienced that same favor, that anointing, when it comes to fasting, when it comes to prayer. I've seen it in my ministry. But when it comes up today, it's not a common practice. I kind of, it's like, like, no wonder why, why there's void, the church is void of power. And nowadays, it's a no-brainer. There's all kinds of health benefits to fasting. <laughs> when Leonard Revenhill, he was asked about revival and walking in power, he says this, no man or woman is greater than his prayer life. No man or woman is greater than his prayer life. And he goes, why, why do we not see revival in America? He says, we're confident to live without it. We are seeking miracles, big crusades. We have incredible services and camps, but there's no transformation. That's, man, when, when you're under the power of the Holy Spirit, transformation takes place. You know, Pastor Paul reminded us, something, some things need to be taken out before they can be poured in. But let me be real with you. The anointing does make the difference. You know, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, Samuel took the horn of oil, and what they would do as a common practice is they would take the kings and the priests, and they would set them apart, and the oil was a symbolic of that, and that they have an assignment for them. And it said the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day after they anointed him with oil. And so Samuel went to all the... Um, to Jesse to anoint a king. And they asked, Samuel goes and he asked Jesus, I mean, Jesse, where are your sons? He goes, you're missing one. No, there's one more. You guys know who that was, right? David. And he knew that was, that was the one. And he anoints David. And from that point forward, wow, his life was never the same. It took a whole new trajectory Because this anointing is available to all. And I want to give you this as we close in going into this new year, this, this three types of anointing in your life that God wants to bring going into this new year. And the first one is that God wants to bring a fresh anointing. In Psalms 133, it says, it is like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard of Aaron. 
running down the hedge of his garments. You know, we have this imagery of Moses pouring the anointing oil on Aaron's head. And it flows, overflowing over his body. This is needed today. Because we're not fighting small things, we're fighting what? Big things. And we need a, a fresh anointing, a fresh power. Psalms 92 says, I have been anointed with fresh oil. Because the truth is this, we could become stale in our anointing. We could become kind of stagnant. And all you essential oil people, you're getting all fired up about this, me this message. I know you are. There's a significance in the oil, but that's a whole nother symbolic, whole nother message. I'm not going to go there. But for us, church has become routine. For many people, it's going through the motions. And it shouldn't be that way. When the Holy Spirit brings the anointing, there's a freshness to it. The atmosphere changes. I've experienced this this last couple of weeks. I've experienced it in your worship, church. I've experienced it in your conversations. This fresh anointing makes a difference. It makes a difference in your prayer life. It makes a difference in your work life. It makes a difference in your family, your house. When there's a fresh anointing, the Bible says in 1 John 20, 20, there's wisdom. Who needs some wisdom going into the new year? Who needs some insight? 1 John 2, 20 says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And he says this, you know all things. When you're seeking after God, when you're in a season of prayer and fasting, wanting to hear from God, he gives you direction. You'll know the right thing to do. And that's true. When it comes to the anointing, the purpose of the anointing is that you do something for God. That's the whole purpose. When you have a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, there's an assignment. There's a sending out. The pool of Siloam, there's a freshness. That's why the Bible says, if anyone among you sick, there. You anoint the sick with oil and you're praying a prayer of faith of healing. Because you can do the opposite. You can continue on and not walking the line. Because instead of being filled with the Holy Spirit, instead of denying the flesh, you can drink a bunch of Diet Coke, eat a bunch of Twinkies, and eat all the ice cream you want, and it won't go well with you. I say that because today's my birthday, and over the years, every single year, I'm giving up something else. I was a big Diet Coke guy, and then my joints started crackling, and I had to give up a Diet Coke, started drinking sparkling water. I'm a big coffee guy, you know, and then I started drinking a lot of coffee. I can't drink as much coffee as I used to, and then I discovered espresso. So guess what dad gets for his birthday? I have an espresso machine now. I used to be an ice cream guy. Dairy doesn't fit well anymore that much. Can't eat as much ice cream as I used to. So now I have almond milk. And I make, and I can't eat all the sugars. And so if you go to my house, and I'm not giving up, but I had to make some changes. I'm having almond milk latte, and it's delicious. Praise Jesus, right? You know? 
But there needs to be some changes. You got to have some changes. There's some sacrifice. Get rid of that stuff. And get aligned in God's word. Because when you do, it brings favor. When you're walking in the spirit, you're walking in your anointing, doors open. It makes all the difference. You know, when we first began this, um, going into like this pandemic for us as a family, you know, one of my seasons of praying fasting, um, we had a desire. We, were, we, were, we wanted to move back closer to the church. And, um, and we made, um, we, were, we were living in this home. We were blessed, but we said, Lord, we, we want a direction where God would have us to live as a family. And so I went to prayer, to fasting, to seek God. In fact, the, whole, all the, the kids were in, involved in this. And we wanted to be close to the church. We wanted to be back in Orange County. But living in Orange County ain't cheap. And so I know I was meeting with my realtor, Steve Kendrick, right? We're trusting God. And just looking for direction. It wasn't about the move, but it's about d- direction for ministry. It's been a challenging couple of years. And in the midst of seeking the Lord, praying and fasting, Believing God for his promises. You know, Steve would take us around to look at certain homes and we just didn't have a peace. And he takes us into this home and, and we didn't even want to walk in. Because when you walk into the home, you're saying, Steve, why are you taking me here? I can't afford this. Just look. I think we looked for like, we walked in and walked out. And, and, and what do you think? And we, looked, we gave Steve the look. What do you think we look? We, this is our dream house. He goes, I go, Steve, we can't afford you. Just put an offer in. Just put an, just, just put an offer in. And I go, okay. We're going to put what we can afford. Well, we didn't know that the person who was, we were buying the house from, they were praying and they were fasting and they were trusting God who was going to take on, they seen their home as a ministry. And so when they got wind that we would be possible, they said, no, the Lord has called them to be here because we know this is a ministry field for them. And we were rejoicing, praising God. Yes, absolutely, saying amen. But there's another problem. We still, even what we, we, we offered, we couldn't afford that loan unless we got the lowest interest rate. <laughs> you guys know the drill, right? It's one thing of a purchase price. Now you got to get the loan. And so we're working with our lender. And he, and he says, what's the rate we could afford? Told him the rate. He goes, I've been doing lending for over 30 years. He goes, this is the lowest rate I've ever, ever seen. I go, well, that's the only rate we have. So going through the whole process, you know where this is going. We're in the home. God provides, telling the kids, a big faith builder, and God brings favor. But that story goes on and on. The building we're in here now. Do you know this building that we're here when we moved in here, praying, fasting, contending for wisdom to move into this place? That this was the best real estate deal recorded? Right here, Cornerstone Church. Miracles contending after and after on. You guys are probably familiar with Mary's Kitchen, right? They feed the homeless down the street, right? Well, they weren't open on Sundays, and we wanted to believe to have church services on Sundays. And so our team, we believed that Mary would give us the key so we could start ministering to the homeless out of her kitchen on Sundays. 
Well, she wasn't open on Sundays. What did we do? We contended for God, went to a season of prayer and fasting, and then a few months later, we have the keys. And now if you go down there, that place is thriving. Churches are coming. People are being ministered to. There's a time where I can go on and on about stories, and so can you, of people contending and praying for healing. We had a little boy that was in the ICU praying for his healing. I go in there real quick. I was stopping by. That was when Kaiser Building was there, right? Remember the Kaiser Building? Stopped in there, prayed for the little boy, went out an hour later, get a call, Pastor Joe. And it wasn't like this big prayer. It was faith, but it was just mustard seed faith. I get a call an hour later to call the chick on him. Oh, he's been moved out of the ICU. He's in recovery now. Yeah, absolutely. I can go on and on and on. How the anointing makes the difference. The power makes the difference. One of my favorite stories is, um, you're probably familiar with maybe um, Pastor Ron Crandall. We were at a kid's camp. And we were um, believing for God to move. And every time during kids camp, we're praying for the kids to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And many of you maybe have been there. You're kids and you remember this camp. And I remember Pastor Ron Crandall, I had him share. And he was going through a difficult year, but God had an assignment for him. And he was sharing. He was really nervous. And he's not the most elaborate speaker, especially for kids. And some of the other leaders came up to me and they said, who is this guy? Who is this guy? I go, that's Pastor Ron. Why is he teaching? Just watch. I said this, like, there's an anointing upon his ministry. Just watch and pray. So he kind of gets through his little message. And when it comes for the time for, t- for the kids to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, these kids come forward. Blessing on tears. Speaking in new tongues being filled, manifesting in all glory. And I remember that person looked at me. I said, that's why he's teaching. There's an anointing upon him and his ministry. And you wonder why I asked Pastor Ron to share one of the reasons? Because leading into that camp, I had a conversation with three different senior pastors today. They go, you hang out with Pastor Ron Crandall? I go, yeah, I do. He's a good buddy of mine. You know, he prayed for me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was at a kid's camp. And then three different pastors. I go, you're speaking at kid's camp, you know. And I knew his humble humility. The anointing makes the difference. Amen? The anointing makes the difference. Because when we're anointed, it shows in our lives. It shows in our lives. You know, Acts 10.38 says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power, and he went about doing good works. Doing good. And all those who were oppressed by the devil, God brought healing because God was with him. Because when we are anointed, we go about doing good. In church, we got some assignments. We got some good to be doing. We have some good to be doing. And thank God that we don't have to get through this year alone. Thank God we don't have to do it under our own power. You can choose that. You can choose to be offended. You can choose to flee. You can reject God's anointing. You can reject his favor. You can keep down in the Diet Cokes. (laughs) 
or you can walk in that anointing. Yeah, but I want to invite you to do that now. You know, I want to invite you to do that now. And I'm going to ask maybe the worship team because we're going to, we're going to, we're going to close out this gathering, but only to be released into what God has for us. And I'm going to ask you, I want to, I want to close this reading this in 1 John 2, 20. And, I'm going to ask, and then I'm going to invite you all to receive, you know, really a fresh anointing, a fresh power of the Holy Spirit. But we've been reading about this anointing that Jesus, that we all have. And in 1 John 2, 20, it says, you have an anointing from the Holy One. I have, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no life is of the truth. No lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Therefore, church, let that abide in you in 2022. It doesn't say 2022. But you have heard from the beginning, if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will also abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who tried to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it is taught you, you will abide in him. Amen? Are you ready to receive that? Could you make your hands like a cup right now? And we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to fill us full of a fresh anointing, a fresh power, a fresh releasing Lord, we're coming to the pool of Siloam. Lord, that fresh water that will come and flow through us. So God, I pray you would fill us full. We're asking you, God, to fill us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. We receive, Lord, that gift that we can walk in our callings and that power. Forgive us, God, for going in our own way. We lay aside those things so easily ensnare us, and we look unto you, the author and finisher of our faith. So I want to lead you in a prayer. Asking God to fill you. Just say this. Say, Jesus, I thank you for making a way for me to have communion with you. Jesus, fill me with the fresh anointing. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may prophesy, that I may speak in new tongues, that I may lay on the hands on the sick and they may be well. Use me, God. Send me out as a vessel of your power, of your love, and healing to our land. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Yeah, we can clap. I saw those people out there clapping. Absolutely. Mm. 
these are good things to be reminded of, aren't they? And so what we're going to do right now, we're, um, we're going to receive communion. And the ushers are going to be passing it out. And, um, and, you know, Jesus says for us to be reminded of his, of his death and his burial and his resurrection. Because it also says that it's not only his death and burial resident we're reminded of, it's ours. It's ours. So we're going to sing this song and we're going to be receiving the elements and then we're going to take them all together. So let's all stand and let's worship. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Let's sing that again. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me?
Well, when you come on January 2nd to church, you get a bonus in your communion packet. You get a scripture promise for the year, right? And so for all of you that text me because you get to get one, you know, New Year's Eve, you're saying, Pastor Joe, I got my, my scripture promise. Thank you. I made that happen for you, all of you. Just kidding. If not, if you got one Christmas Eve, you get two promises for the year. Amen? Can't get enough of God's word. So that's for you to receive. But when it comes to... Um, Knowing and, and taking communion and singing that song coming off of Christmas. Man, if you ever doubted the love of God, man, I pray that you never would ever, ever again. Because we're being reminded in communion of what Christmas and what the cross is all about. And, and he came as a baby to, to die on that cross. In fact, the night that Jesus was to be betrayed, he, he gathered the disciples and he um, gathered the bread and it's their custom to celebrate Passover, the, the sacrificial lamb. And he took the bread amongst them and he broke the bread. And he said, this is my body, my body. Maybe they were offended by that too. They probably will. This wasn't the body of a, a sacrificial goat. He goes, this is my body. He says, this is my body, which will be broken for you. And if you have need of healing in your body, receive of the bread. And after he took the bread, he took the cup. He says, this is the cup of my new covenant. As often as you eat of the bread and drink of the cup, you're being reminded. You see, it's because of the blood there's forgiveness of sin. It's because of the blood that there is power to death, over death. It's proving who he is. And if you're here on a new year, a fresh start, a fresh anointing, receive the blood. Be filled and receive forgiveness. And then extend it because the Bible says that it's not only Christ that was crucified, I have been crucified with him. Meaning that his death and burial and resurrection is not just for him, it's for me too. Because we will be resurrected in life. We too have overcome the grave. We too have that same power that rose Christ from the dead lives where? In us. Receive of the blood. Amen. Happy New Year. Go in the power, go in the anointing, go in the freshness and walking in the spirit. God bless you guys.
Oh. 